Hi, and welcome to the Dewing Grain podcast. Each week, Andrew Dewing will talk you through the current market, giving you up-to-date information and insider advice. He will also be interviewing a leader in the world of agriculture and finishing up with Farm Chat, which includes his favourite bit, where he tastes beer for free. So let's start with Andrew Dewing and his market report. Welcome to the Market Report. What follows is my thoughts or gut instincts of what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market Report, week commencing 21 Jan 19. Yep, it's been a pretty hefty downward moving week on just about everything. We've had the vote for Theresa May that went badly wrong and we've had a pound that in the turmoil has gone up in value. And now with all of the speculation and I guess the people who short betted against the pound may be saying, hang on a minute, it hasn't collapsed. Maybe maybe that was the low. So with a very, very firm pound, relatively, it's dragged prices down. So feed wheat has gone down probably £6 a tonne. So if you look at values for May ex-farm old crop, you'd be 158 If you looked at new crop for November, it's 149 So it's a significant drop, and it is £6 lower than the prices we are talking in the last couple of weeks. We've predicted it, certainly on the new crop. On the old crop, I'm a little surprised, because it's quite hard to get your hands on feed wheat at the moment, although a falling market invariably brings people out and a bit of panic selling so maybe we've got a bit more to go on that one certainly in the longer term the prospects for new crop with a much bigger european crop coming of of up to 20 million tons extra i'm afraid that the signs are as we've been saying ever since august downward feed barley Old crop is also been hit. If you want to sell spot feed barley, you'd be sub 160 now, about 158x. Very few buyers about it, getting quite a hard one to move. And if you're selling it for June, probably 164, somewhere in that region. New crop, 120x for harvest. Not really fussed about buying feed barley at the moment because I've got no one's going to buy it from me until we get some clarity, as we previously discussed, which leads us then on to rape. Rape has also been hit with the currency, so we've lost probably three, four pounds a tonne on that. So spot value... 320 harvest value 310 x yeah while the pound goes up the speculation that we could go back to pre the vote of leaving levels is being bandied around at the moment which would mean another 12 percent drop in values i can't see that not with the current political turmoil so it will continue to like play the roulette wheel with politics and, and and hope the pound does something to help our price i guess but underlyingly, it is a bearish market, I'm afraid, everybody. So carry on, keep chin up, and uh, perhaps get some more sold. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours. Ben Burgess Crop Storage offer a wide range of equipment, from handling, processing, and storage of harvested crops. From initial advice on any aspect of crop handling and storage, through to design, supply, build and installation of complete intake, drying, dressing and storage plants. The Ben Burgess Aftercare support team includes dedicated technicians who are also on hand to service all crop storage machinery too, so you're always looked after. Visit benburgess.co.uk or search Ben Burgess Crop Storage for more information on how the team can assist you. And now it's time for our feature. 
This week's podcast has a, a large slice of coincidence in it. The conversation with John Duffy you're about to hear just happens to be exactly the right moment when, when the merger between Frontier and Fengram went on. And the banter that was recorded between Webby and myself, which kind of mentions the same subject, was done uh, two or three days before when the announcement came out. So it just happens to be the, the same subject is touched on twice without any repetition, we think. Certainly the banter is uh, particularly not very grown up in places, I'll add. And ironically, um, as, as I record this, there has been another announcement in the grain trade where another uh, merchant technically goes missing. Gledels and ADM are going to merge. Gledels were half owned by ADM anyway, but the creation of one merchant, one bigger merchant at the expense of the other, technically you've still got the same guys out there, I guess, but it is one less person to be trading as a separate unit. So um, strange times ahead, guys. Today I've got with me John Duffy. Hello, John. Hi, Andrew. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. Um, we've known each other a very long time now. Um, I'm slightly older, I admit. Um, John is the chief executive of Anglia Farmers Limited. Um, and prior to that, he was a very prominent member of the UK grain trade, which is how we know each other. So, John, just give us a little run ba- rundown on your past. My past? Um, heavens. Yeah, we have known each other a long time. Um, and you are a little bit older, but only only just um, although I think I've worn better, but anyway, there, there you go. Um, my past, I started as a graduate trainee at a wonderful company called Banks of Sandy, uh, Bedfordshire, regional company owned by the Banks family. Um, spent six very happy years there. I um, did a little bit of farm trading. Um, I was a rep and then went on the trading desk, which is where I first got my taste and my, my like for sort of a trading grain, um, malting barley and then milling wheat. Then I, with a family c- company, I kind of knew that uh, the progression within the business wasn't maybe what I wanted it to be. And I went to work for Glencore at Tame. Um, was there for a very short period of time running their um, national wheat book until I got asked to go and manage a business up in Lincolnshire mm-hmm. called Gledels. Um, so I was MD there for nine years. Uh, took them from from a sort of largest sort of regional to a sort of fairly largest national, I suppose. Um, and then in 2005, was asked to uh, be one of the founding directors of Frontier, um, where I spent 11 years, uh, started off running the entire grain book of Frontier, um, was also responsible for um, all of their um, fleet, uh, fleet of vehicles, um, and also all of the sites. And and then in, after the trading, you went on to become the. Yeah, I, I within Frontier, I, I I then became sort of the business development um, um, director of the business, basically looking at new businesses, acquiring new businesses, and then I left there in what are we now? We're two. I left there in two thousand and sixteen and started here in two thousand seventeen. Right. Um, haven't had a little little break to go travelling. So, I mean, you're doing a very good job. In Ang- Anglia Farmers have recently announced for a first, haven't they? And as a member, I'm really delighted to hear this. You're going you're gonna to give back all the members some money, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We all, we've also dropped the name Anglia Farmers. It's now called AF. But, um, but I, know, I, I know, living where you do, you're a little bit late on the news. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, that we're um, AF. Yeah, we've, I've been here almost two years, and we've, we've undertaken a lot of change. Um, it was a great business. It really was a good business. Had the fun, had the had the basis of some, being something really, really good. It just needed to concentrate on its core. It needed to ignore some of the things that it was doing that weren't adding value. 
and just do, and it's like any business really, do what you're good at and do it blooming well. What you're not good at, don't do it. But you are, you know, genuinely giving a £1 million rebate back to the members, which, which to me constitutes great success. You know, what's the secret in this industry which is contracting? Do you know, funny enough, I don't think there's an amazing secret behind it. I, I mean, we're very proud that we, yeah, we have just given back um, a, a million pounds. We're in the process of giving back a million pounds from this last financial year. But the secret actually is, I come back to what I said before, do what you do well and mm. do it bloody well. The things that you don't do, let other people do. And I think just going back to the very simple things within this business of of treating our members as if they're customers, yeah. delighting them in hopefully every, all the transactions that they do. We make sure that our cost base is, is completely under control. I mean, we have stripped out well over, probably approaching £700,000 worth of repeatable costs from yeah. the business. Um, and have just dropped back to doing the basics. And actually, when you do that and you put a focus on your customer, on your, in this case on our members, people tend to do more business with you. They do more business with you, you get more revenues. And if you're doing more revenues with less cost, your bottom line gets better. So with that in mind, is there potential to expand? I think there's a, you know, as AF, we have um, varies between about 10 and 12% of market share. Um, well, that means there's 88 to 90% that's not. Um, and of that 88 to 90%, a huge amount doesn't go through any sort of farmer cooperative group. Um, and so the potential for expansion is, is enormous. And I, and I don't see, I'm, I'm very, very aware and conscious of the roots of AF, but I don't think that should hold us back in terms of what we want to do from an expansion point of view. So I think the, the bigger you get, um, the more you buy effectively, the better deals you'll do, um, and the more value you can put back down uh, to the members. If I, if I was a journalist and I picked a moment to have an interview with you, I, I phoned you up, you know, 10 days ago and, yep, we got an appointment for this morning signed up. And in the interim period, Frontier have announced they're taking over the, the um, Fengrain services or the, the selling of the grain through the Fengrain cooperative store and their, their subsequent tonnage that, that trades within it. And within your history at Frontier, obviously you're going to know an awfully large amount about the process of that and, and pro- probably, possibly, the strategy. Um, so I'd have been jumping up and down as a journalist. I, I recognise it's the elephant in the room to a degree, so we're going to, we'll dance around this a bit. What's your opinion of the consolidation of the grain trade and the disappearance of cooperative marketing? Yeah, I, there's obviously certain things that I... I mean, you're right, I've got, a, I've got a history in this, and I, 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 I like to think I know quite a lot about it. I come back to, to ownership structures and, and how businesses operate, because I actually don't think it matters whether it's a cooperative, whether it's commercial or whatever else. It's how that business is run and what its aims are and how, and how successful it wants to be. The fact that it's owned by a, by a bunch of farmers, um, a few farmers, or even a, 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 a large multinationals, I don't think really matters. Um, so I'm not sure. Um, I, th- I think one of the reasons why some grain co-ops have, have maybe not succeeded as much as they can is to they've tried to be something they should not be. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've tried to take on um, some of the 
some of the ways of trading grain that they just don't have the wherewithal to do. Trade, trading grain is hideously expensive. Um, it takes a lot of cash. It takes a, um, it takes a vast amount of, um, of, of management. Um, and the risk management side of it is enormous. Um, and the moment any organizations, and you'll know this, Andrew, running your organization, and I, and I have great admiration for your organization because you do it bloody well, um, is the moment you try and take risks, undue risks, in order to try and achieve some outcome, you will come unstuck. Mm-hmm. Once or twice you might win, but generally you'll come unstuck. Um, and I think, I think organizations that, that tend to fail in the grain trade or don't succeed as much as they should are because they haven't got the risk management in place. Um, what Frontier do, and I, I have a background of Frontier, and I was hideously proud of what I achieved there. What Frontier do is their risk management is spot on. Mm. They they are, you know, they're, they're putting through five and a half million plus tons of grain per year of physical grain. So they, you know, that's probably traded one, two, three times on top of that. But their risk management is absolutely spot on, and they do not take risks but they have access to the markets, they have access to cash, they have access to information that other people don't have. And so you can understand why an organisation like Fengrain will go to them and say, well, actually, do you know what? You're better at marketing than we are. You're better at risk management than we are. Can you please do it? My issue, my issue with it is if the biggest consumer is going to absorb the central cooperative stores and have their own storage and be be effectively the biggest um, marketer of of cooperative grain on top of their procurement and on top of their own uh, facilities, there comes a point where if they are in charge of the market, they could say, I'm going to pay you this much. And in theory, the market could be worth more. And the only tool a, a farmer would have would be to say, you can't have it. Once you've let that go, that you're never going to starve them. That is the only negotiating tool in the end you really can hold. That's that's my problem with it. Yeah, and I don't know what... I mean, the UK produces a, a, a crop of, what, 25 million tonnes, something like that, of everything? A bit I don't less know, than that nowadays. 20, 22, 23, whatever, yeah. whatever it is, a million tonnes. You know, front, Frontier is is trading five and a half million tons, something like that. You know, this means there's an awful lot that's not them. You know, and there are still, you know, there are still a lot of organisations that you can sell your, your grain to. Um, and I, I don't think, you know, I know this is, I mean, this is not me trying to back Frontier because I, I really, you know, I, I want to take a very even view on all, on all grain companies. And I just don't think they're, they're possibly in a position where, the, where, they, where they could be overly powerful. Um, I think the marketplace is too transparent. Mm-hmm. I think it's still fairly easy for people to step into it if they really want to step into it. Um, oh, there's and there's ten, 10 choices for any farmer to, yeah. phone, to sell grain to, pick up the phone, and they can phone any yeah. of them up, and they'll give you a deal on... I, I, I get that. It's just, it's just probably 25% of consumption is owned by Frontier before they trade any grain. Well, with maybe with Vivergo closed down, that's not yes. strictly true. But it, but it's it's a very significant tonnage. Yeah, but they've I mean they've done it by being successful, and they've 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 done it to be fair by 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 paying a lot of attention to actually building those relationships. Strategically, um, is from a distance. Strategically, is brilliant. Well, I, I, we I wrote down a list of the of the East Anglian grain stores that were that were built as cooperatives, um, and going through the list of West Norfolk grain. In Kings Lynn and Blycorn at Eye, 
uh, Camgrain, now Fengrain, those are all publicly funded facilities and they're now in the hands of the Frontier Group, be it via banks or via Allied Grain or whatever. They've, they've ended up in, that, in their hands. The only two left are um, Ailsham and uh, Denji down in, down in Essex. And that's quite, that is quite frightening. Yeah, but I, I don't think I, I, I agree with you. I think competition is I think competition is very good. I think competition is 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 powerful, um, and I think competition keeps everybody's on their everybody on their toes. Um, so that list you went through, I've been involved in some of those. Um, the the assets haven't transferred; it's just the marketing has transferred. So the assets are still owned by whoever might have might have started it. Um, so there's certainly not a not an asset transfer. Some of them some of them have been, um, particularly when it's through the older allied group. I think it's more of a we should look at actually what went wrong in order for other businesses not yeah. not not to be able to succeed and do, and do do what other people have done. And that comes back to my my central point or earlier point of actually how do you run the business? What are the purposes mm. of the business? Have you have you got good management in the business? And, and is it looking after yep. the interests of the shareholder? Um, and I think those fundamental questions often were not asked. So let's, let's, let's move on a little bit from that. So you don't, you don't um, with your background and now with your, your platform, you don't fancy coming back into the grain trade then, John? Do you know what? Um, it's, many people have asked me that question. Um, primarily, they're thinking, you know, John Duffy is, is coming to a farmer-owned uh, business. His background is, is in grain trading. So therefore, when's he going to start um, AF grain trading? Um, I mean, the answer is I'm not. Um, I was going to flirt with you. Then, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. Um, Trading grain just takes a lot of cash, as you know, Andrew, with deep pockets uh, that you have yourself. But it's um, <laughs> and and I I I don't think you know. It, it comes back to do what you're good at, um, and this business is good at procurement and adding value back to its members through procurement. We touched on on politics, and we touched on um, obviously the the the, the current. Um, confusion in Westminster by the time you get to your conference uh, we may well have some clarity and you've got Minette I, I understand talking. Yeah we've got Minette Batters talking um, who's obviously NFU president we've also got uh, George Freeman who's the um, local uh, MP um, uh, talking who who I actually quite rate actually I think he has a little mm. bit of a little, little bit of um, of potential um, to go further within uh, within his party or the, or the, or the government. I mean, it's a mess, isn't it? I mean, it's a mess. But I, but I, but I do absolutely hope that uh, that that come that come our conference on this on the seventh of uh, February. Um, if I haven't put your tickets yet, there's still some available. Um, come the conference on the seventh of February. Um, we a bit like scoring a drop I, goal. Though. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hope to have a little bit more, little bit more certainty over what's happening. But I'm kind of. It's you know I'm I'm I've I've learned I think over the last few months to yeah. just be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But regardless of what happens, we're still going to farm, aren't we? I mean, people yeah. people are still going to need their their local grain merchant. Um, people, you know, I think even more so are, are going to need professional help from procurement. Yeah. Um, I really do. Um, and so I, th- I think the opportunities, mm. Andrew. You know, you're you're sitting in an AS office at the minute. I think the opportunities for us is are, are actually fairly good. I think the opportunity for you are also very good. Yeah, as long as we keep our noses clean. Anyway, you've been in it long enough. You, 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 you're very used to that. Yeah, it, you know, but uh, you know, you don't go on forever. We we have as a business to to look at the future um, and try and second guess what happens next with the bigger companies. The the model we have 
is simple. I, you know, I've learned I've learned one thing probably: keep it simple, stupid. Um, and and I have, and I think that slimming down your numbers, focusing on your core, is effectively we're doing that. We're doing very simple stuff. We buy grain, we store grain, we blend grain, and I think that's the, our recipe. And it sounds like well, you're doing an exceptionally good job of the same thing here. So I think with that. John, I really appreciate your time. I, I, your, your coffee needs to improve. It's not really very good, your coffee. <laughs> but other than that, thank you very much, John. Uh, thank you. It's an absolute pleasure. And now it's time for Farm Chat. So then, Andrew, we're uh, back at it again. And... Um, Dry January continues. We're sampling, it's controversial, but it's Bedoy, isn't it, I think? Ah. Sparkling the, water? Well, right, last week, Tessa was recording with us, and we had a real scrap about how Perry A, Perry A, Perry, Perry A, Perry A, Perry yeah, yeah. was pronounced, and, um, you know, my state education didn't, hadn't, well, we didn't have fizzy water at Eagle Secondary Modern. And bitsy, uh, bitsy all, of us, all of us, <laughs> yeah. Lefty chip on the shoulder. But the reality is, this week we have got Bardoit, <laughs> or Badois, or yeah. Badoy, or Baua. And so, obviously, Tessa is the expert on this and she's not here to guide us. So, you, what's your version? Badoy? I don't know. Anyway, let's, get, let's, let's give it a go. Let's have a little sip. We've poured it Classic out. Classic sparkling water. So, yeah, yeah. Here we go. Taste of salt. Classic, standard, sparkling yeah, water. Yeah, but no, it's got a Happy. salty taste. Hmm? It has. It's got a salty taste. Okay. Just, I've got a confession. I went to the footy to watch Norwich lose. And, and you succumbed? Well, I asked for a bottle of Ghost Ship 0% alcohol. Okay. And the barman, who was particularly simple, didn't get the right bottle. Hmm. And it was so crowded and he was so rubbish, I thought, oh, do you know what? Just get on with it. He'd taken the top off it already, so I have drunk a drink. I, I'll, I'll confess as well, I, I had a sneaky speckled hen over the weekend. I was just putting my hand and I couldn't refuse it, but I'll keep it to weekdays, Andrew, I think. So willpower, doing grain. <laughs> oh dear. It's another fault we're going to have, is um, Norfolk dinner. Ah. It's, uh, I mean, the time you're hearing, obviously the, the dinner's passed, but we're a couple of days from it. And um, what do you reckon, Andrew? Always a highlight of the year, isn't it? I think it's going to become the highlight of the year, but we'll move on to that another day. Well, first things first, Norfolk Dinner is actually the NIAM Dinner, mm. which is the Norfolk Institute of Agricultural Merchants. Yeah. And the only problem is there aren't actually very many Norfolk agricultural Sadly merchants. Not. No, not anymore. Not real ones. There's one or two who, who, who have a, the odd representative over here, but largely, actually, trading officers or businesses based here, you know, you've got the real McCoy... Doing grain, yeah. Adams and Howling, Bannams. Bannams, yeah. Everyone else is a multinational of some description. They are, yeah, sadly. And the real sad truth of all companies disappearing is probably going to be the biggest talking point, isn't it? Of course, the uh, this week is very, very topical because there's been the uh, the big move. There's been, uh, unfortunately, we're losing Fengrain. And there's some hot off the press frontier. And next. Yeah, front, frontier of um, taken on the, uh, the marketing of uh, Fengrain. Yeah, so the, the Fengrain is a farmer's cooperative store, and the store, we believe, is still owned by the members, and they own their own storage, but all of the marketing rights has gone to... 
to Frontier, yeah. So we believe, yeah. So, so we're on a, on a really dodgy subject because we certainly don't ever want to scare the big bad wolf, do we? <laughs> <laughs> no, certainly not, no, no. But they're not really the big bad wolf because they've, they've come in and saved a company that had a massive debt. So it's, it's, a real, it's a real complex one. There were other people, I understand, negotiating, but Frontier are the people who've paid the money that has cleared the debt. And, and so you have to say you understand why that's occurred. And, you know, we can be flippant on our own podcast about calling the big bad wolf, but yeah. they, they're so big, it is an issue that... I think that, that they are quite good at what they do, and they are very... Exceptional. They're, they're, they're a large um, and succeeding business at the moment. They are, they are our biggest customer, yeah. actually, yeah. in the end, through either direct trade or through a lot of the futures week that gets collected, ends up with their mills. So, mm. you, you know, this is, this is one of those things. We recognise the strength of the biggest player. But my fear is, as they absorb cooperative storage, I mean, because they took Camgrain. They did, yes, yeah. Or the marketing rights of Camgrain and some storage there. Fengrain, it's another 650,000 tonnes. I'd I'd assume something like that, yeah. So is the ultimate aim, is the strategy going to be to cut everybody else out of the loop and just supply their own consumption? Mm -hmm. Because they've got 4 million tonnes of consumption? Sarah no, Star, no, exactly. no, Virgo's gone yeah. now, isn't it? So they're not quite mm. so big. But but soon they could arguably, via cooperative storage that they've taken on and their own storage, just supply their own own mills, their own mm. consumption with specific, you know, yeah. seed to... I think, yeah, it, it, it's, it's tricky. It's, it's one, sadly, it's one less buyer for a farmer, one less seller for a consumer. Yeah, it's, it's, from it's, a farmer's perspective, it's, it's, it's bad. And from a consumer's... Consolidation, yeah. Which, yeah, I, I mean, good or bad, and none, who, who are we to judge? The reason there's been a whole, there's, there is only three Norfolk agricultural merchants is because the industry's not got enough margin to live on. But Monopoly is a terrible game to play yeah. uh, if you're the person with the old shoe and just old Kent yeah. Road up your shirt and everybody else owned by somebody I, else. I like your, the analogy, old Kent Road is quite a good one. But the, um, you did make me chuckle when you came in with your daughter's um, asterisks. <laughs> comic the other day go yeah. on expi- what, explain what you're telling me well, yesterday we, we got the press release of of um of the takeover and um or the projected takeover and that night lily my daughter has has got into asterix the gaul you open the front page of asterix the gaul and there's a picture of france with a with a roman sort of uh, standard bang down in the middle of it and there's a diddy little village with sticks around it in the top left hand corner uh, the gaulish village uh, which has managed to uh, to avoid the yeah, roman the Invasion, invasion using yep. their magic potion and it looks hellishly like North, <laughs> North East Norfolk <laughs> so the analogy was so obvious to me that I um, I then thought I, I need to possibly do that so I'm, I'm actually going to we'll put that I think up. whack it on Twitter I yeah, think that would be quite there's, there's, a, there's some kind of irony yeah. in it and I hope that um, I hope that, uh, that the big bad wolf don't, that see, don't get see offended, the human notes uh, but it's it's kind of it's one of those moments where we had a bit of a chuckle which you then open the next page just for the record of any any Asterix fans I was trying to identify from my staff who the, who the characters who. would be. <laughs> oh, no, I think I know where I'm going to be in this. Well, I, you know, I, for vital statistics, the chief, the chief of the tribe, majestic, brave and hot-tempered. Um, the old warrior is respected by his men and feared by his enemies. I, I doubt that. Vital statistics himself has only one fear. He's afraid of the sky. <laughs> the sky, sky may fall on his head <laughs> tomorrow. But as he always says, tomorrow never comes. <laughs> so that's me. Don't please don't tell me I'm uh, Oblix. <laughs> <I'm>, uh, <laughs> I think I've walked into this, haven't I? <laughs> 
You need to read the book. I mean, we, we've got, you know, we haven't got an asterisk to the goal. We'd all aspire to be the hero, but none of us are. But yeah, there's, there's, I've, got, I've got a couple of obvious obelixes. Um, get a fix, the venerable village druid has got to be Ollie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But who's Cacophonix? Yeah. I don't know. I'm, is that Josh? <laughs> Brilliant! That's rekindled my uh, my youth. I was a big Asterix fan. Yeah, yeah but but you know, back the, the the dynamic is that there is a less people on the pitch. It's bad for the consumer. It's bad for the farmer in the context. But on the other hand, you know, obviously we we actually manage an, uh, a a farmer's cooperative store. Yeah, don't we? Well, I think there's there's opportunities. Yeah, in, I'm, well, I'm more along the line of I'm I'm expecting a call. <laughs> So, yeah. you know, price tag. What's, yeah, what's, what's the tag then, Andrew? I've been looking at yachts this week. And, um, you know, <laughs> what do you fancy, a sunseeker sun or a broom? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I thought I might just... I, I don't actually... This proves maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe stick with a little sort of uh, rubber rib out North Norfolk coast yeah, for the see, time being. The fact that I don't know what yachts actually are is... is, um, uh, is rib, uh, we never studied them at school either. <laughs> one of those little dinghies, I think, we'll, we're, yeah. for the time being. Ten million. Something I'm to yours. aspire to. <laughs> No, but joking aside, it's yeah. it's one of those. Um, there is farmers' cooperatives stores. The, the only the only weapon a, a farmer really has against a consumer, if they're not paying enough money, is to turn around and say, "I'm not going to supply you." Yeah. And by by annexing the the, the cam grain and the and the fen grain storage, you know you've got lots of mm. days' supply in store on top of the storage that, that Frontier already own. Yeah. yeah, that they could say, "No, you can't starve mm. us out." Mm. And I think that. That I, I mean, I don't, I don't understand the dynamics of it. I, I do understand the dynamics of the fact they've saved the day with the debt. That the, the, the ripples through the trade would have been awful had that have happened with Fangrain. So I, I see it as a positive, really. But I mean, it, the, the, the message for me is um, sounds like you meet, but think local, kind of support both from a consumer's aspect and from a farmer's is kind of yeah, consider your local merchants. Yeah, oh, yeah. Obviously, we're, a bit, a bit we're, a, we're regularly you know, out there busking on, with our hat on the floor, saying, hand, "Please yeah. come and trade with us." But yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm more inclined to say this is going to be the biggest topic of conversation at the dinner, and I mean, we'll, we'll report back see and see whether right. And yeah. so, yeah, it's not a great day for the trade. It is. I'm glad that there'll be jobs saved and 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 it will be sorted out. Yeah, of course, yeah. But I, I, yeah, it does make me a bit nervous. Mm. It does make me nervous that perhaps that the biggest consumer might isolate themselves mm. to specific contracts, maybe in five years' time or ten years' mm. time, and all of a sudden that, that what's left is is being fought for by by the rest. It is a scary scenario. And future consolidation as well, Andrew. I mean, that's obviously it's going to be a hot year, two years to see where the future of the trade goes. We're still be on the pitch, aren't we? Like the Gaul Village. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just keep making that magic potion ready. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they're released. Dew and Grain are independent and local grain traders. From seed supply to harvest movement and storage contracts, we can supply you with the best strategies to help you achieve the highest prices for your harvest. Call now on 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk or follow us on Twitter. We are at dewinggrain. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by Tinshed Productions in conjunction with East Coast Design Studio.